Welcome to Food Stories. I'm Barb Sheldon and today at my kitchen table, I'm so excited to have a chat with Alexis Hilliard. Alexis is the founder of Stump Kitchen. And if you've never been to stumpkitchen.com, head on over there after the podcast and have a look at the amazing work that Alexis does. In her words, Alexis says she is an educator by trade, passionate about speaking with audiences of all ages about the importance of disability representation, accessibility, cooking and cosplays, and sharing stories that center her experience as a disabled queer creator. Her stump kitchen work has spoken to many different audiences, places, ages, and her online content is enjoyed by folks globally. Centering disabled bodies and celebrating the unique ways we move through the world is what Stump Kitchen is all about. She does this by transforming her stump into playful, intricate cosplay characters, cooking tasty recipes, using her stump as a kitchen tool, and sharing her content through social media. She says she's driven by society's lack of authentic disability representation, and she's hoping to fill that gap with her magical stump characters and her delicious one-handed recipes. Alexis, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to my kitchen table. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> so good. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being here to tell us your food story. My absolute pleasure. It's so exciting. I wanted to start by reading. So we always ask our guests to send a quote regarding food. And your quote mm-hmm. was so beautiful and so in line with, like, I would have said this exact same thing. Basically, what <laughs> you said was, when you cook for someone, you're giving them a plate of edible love. Cooking food, to me, is a physical manifestation of my love. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought, why don't, so you're going to tell us your food story. What Could we start with that quote? Could Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Say, say more about that quote. Well, I think like growing up, my my mom and dad, they both loved to cook, but particularly my dad would, I remember him being in the kitchen, like just like working on his like spaghetti and his like his meat sauce and tomatoes and stuff. He would make it from scratch and he would just have like such pride in what he was doing. We'd always have like big turkey dinners for holidays and he'd like make turkey soup after. And he just like, worked so hard at it and was so proud of his meals and even to this day he still cooks in the same way and I think I adopted that like I didn't cook much in my earlier adulthood but I I cook a lot now and so now when I cook I feel that same type of like I don't know sharing love with my family sharing love with my partner and taking that pride in cooking that I saw him kind of adopt in in my childhood um and I and I loved it I just think it's a beautiful way to show to show your love for somebody. Mm-hmm. Me too. And is that what led you to wanting to use cooking as a platform for education? You know, the the way that I got to cooking was really kind of a funny way. Um, it was about seven or eight years ago now. I was diagnosed with a gluten intolerance. And I also had at the same time made the decision to become a vegan after being vegetarian for, I don't know, maybe 15 years. And so all at the same time, I was faced with these like cooking and food challenges. Like I didn't cook much before. I cooked a little bit here and there, but like, you know, grilled cheese and stuff like that. But all of a sudden I was like, I don't know what to eat. And at that time, I couldn't really go out and buy, you know, like vegan and gluten-free stuff. It was a little bit harder to find. So I was like, well, I think I have to start cooking for myself. And so very slowly, I you know, started working with one ingredient at a time, one recipe at a time. I was very nervous to do it because, 
you know, you watch the Food Network or you watch these shows about cooking and everything is so perfect. And you're like, I can't do that. I don't have a mixer or whatever. But I, I got into it slowly. And I realized that I loved the way that, you know, the garlic would feel and 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 how my fingers would smell like garlic. I'm sure people don't like that, but I loved it. Or like how it felt like to mash potato or like to try different combinations of flavors. And then my partner one day was like, you know, the way you cook is really, really interesting, right? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you're using your stump as like, you know, you're using it to juice things and you're using it as like a potato masher. I think you should film that and show people. And I was like, what? I don't know. And so that I did, I was like, okay, sure. And so I filmed my first episode of Stump Kitchen making waffles. And I taught myself how to, you know, edit videos. I put it out there and the world loved it. And I loved it. I loved watching myself cook and and experiencing that joy. Um, I, I didn't realize I could have that much fun. Um, so I got to watch myself have fun in the editing process. And so that's how my cooking started, as well as my online, um, you know, my online uh, social media presence started. It all kind of started at the same time, kind of by accident. <laughs> so yeah, amazing. <clears throat> yeah, um, and and you work a lot with kiddos. I do. Yeah. So after I started putting my videos out to the world, um, I started getting a bunch of messages from parents, uh, particularly in my city, but all over the world, um, being like, "Hey, you look like my kid. My kid." loves your videos? Do you want to meet my kid? Do you want to cook with them? And I would be like, uh, sure. Wow. So that's how I met my first couple of kid guests um, that I that I had worked with originally, particularly Callie and Ethan and Coda, a bunch of kiddos that I met when they were like, eight years old, <laughs> like just little. Wow. And now they're like 15. <laughs> um, so they would just like come over and we cook together and we talk about life. And we'd be like, the first time I met Callie, she came over and it was winter. And she was taking off her uh, big puffy winter coat. And I was like, oh, winter coat zippers. Am I right? And she was like, yeah, they're the worst. I'm like, yeah, I feel yeah. And we were just like instantly bonded. And then our parents, like my mom was there too, because she wanted to, it was just so great to have her there. So her, my mom and Callie's mom, they got to connect about having, you know, kiddos, you know, well, in my case, an adult with limb differences and what their experience was like. And it was just like, oh, it was so beautiful. So, yeah, it just kind of all happened by accident in this beautiful way. Oh, that gives me chills. Is, is Cal <laughs> the, cutie, the cutie that's on your website on the home? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Wow. Just like, you know, not to preach the power of food or anything, but like, mm -hmm. come on. That's the, a testament right there to how food connects yeah. us. It's true. That's, it's true. That's so amazing. And so you feel well served by being vegan. You feel good and healthy and like you have lots of because gluten free and vegan is tough. <clears throat> it it was, yeah. It's not anymore, yeah. but it was yeah. at the time, I thought. Yeah. But then yeah. when I got, you know, really into combining um recipes and ingredients and just looking at the variety of things that you can do with the combinations of spices and vegetables and all these things together um, and different sources of protein. Um, it really did fuel my body in the way it needs to be fueled. Um, I like, I love meat and I love dairy. I think all those things are great for people that want that in their diet. But for me personally, it just didn't, um, I just felt like I had more energy when I removed those things. 
Um, but I know other people that are like, nope, I need to eat this much meat every day. And I'm like, that's cool. You do you, you know, <laughs> like whatever. I'm a huge believer that like, you got to put food into your body that your body needs. And I would never, ever want to dictate what somebody should or shouldn't eat. Um, so, but yeah, I love, I love eating what I, what I do. It feels really good for me. That's great. I let, you know, in school, <clears throat> we called that biochemical individuality. Like every person oh, is yeah. different some things serve some people and some serve others and at times it could be based on genetics or or where we live or or how we store stress in our body there's so many different reasons we all eat differently um, yeah um okay so then this leads me to ask you the question and this is a tough one what Mm -hmm. food or what and I'm going to say to you because you're teaching cooking um like Mm -hmm. me what Mm -hmm. about cooking or what about food or which food brings you the most joy I think joy is an important thing for us to talk about especially right now hmm I do really like you know I love cooking by myself for a lot of reasons I get really Mm -hmm. into this like zen moment where me too Mm -hmm. I just you know like you feel like at the end you have this beautiful creation that you can feed you know nourish yourself with and, and the people you love and sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes I'll burn it or sometimes it's just like <laughs> the best. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Start again. But so like there's that Zen part. But then when I like I teach a cooking class at a junior high and I also work with children, you know, for my show or or whatever, I think watching their successes or their joy when they, you know, make their first pie dough or um, use an apple peeler for the first time or even open a can for the first time. Like it's so cool. Like in my junior high class, at least half the kids in each new semester have never used a can opener. And like mm-hmm. I get to teach them how to use a can opener. And they're like, whoa, yeah. You know, like they, I just love watching their tiny little victories, you know? Yeah. And then for them to end a class and be like, look, I made an entire pie by myself. And I'm like, yeah, you did. And they're just so proud. Like we made, um, we made boba from scratch, like bubble tea. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And they like, they were just so impressed. Like they were walking out of their class with their little, you know, cups of, of bubble tea and all the other students were like, whoa, what's that? And they were like, yeah, I made this. <laughs> you know. And so just facilitating that confidence and joy at a young age that they can take with them for their whole life, I think is just, um, I don't know, magical. It's just magical. It is. It is. And and helping instill <clears throat> that sense of worth as they're learning a life skill. There's yeah. nothing better. Nothing better. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that's incredible. I love that answer. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, on this podcast, we like to talk about music as well as food. <laughs> Because I believe they're really intricately connected. And I always think about, you know, when you go into a restaurant and there's no music playing in the background, it's like, and so you said, really, you put on one band when you cook, when you're in your Zen, who do you listen yeah. to? <laughs> I listen to Still Vanesso and they're just like, they're a duo. Um, wow. And they, they're mostly like, it's kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say electronic it's like um kind of folky plus electronic mix so lots of beats lots of mixing and like mm. this beautiful angelic kind of folky voice um really funky it's the kind of thing that you can just dance to I saw them live in Vancouver um mm. many years ago now and it was just like such a party um but yeah they it's I don't know you just get into a groove I find I'm dancing with them singing along 
but it's not kind of a distracting music. It's good background mm-hmm. stuff too. So you can just kind of, yeah, just get into that's a good perfect. groove while you're cooking. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I love that. Uh, we, we will add your songs to our uh, growing Spotify playlist. Um, Amazing. <laughs> we can put Sylvanesso on and dance along to your recipes, yes. which totally. leads me to, I asked you for a recipe and um, you came up with coconut bacon, which I love. Oh. Love, yes. love, love. We Say literally are, that. we've been making it almost every second day in our family for the last few really? weeks. I don't know. I don't know why, but we, mm. we get into these kicks. So my partner and I, we do a lot of like, um, like BLTs, like vegan BLTs. And so, mm-hmm. and, and also we make a lot of epic salads and I make a lot of like vegan, um, Alfredo. And so to have coconut bacon on hand with, for that extra salty sweetness, crispiness, Smoky. it's just like so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so easy too. Like I just yeah. love it. You just put your sauces in a bowl, put your coconut flakes in there, mix them up and bake them. And I think the key with it is like uh baking it at a lower heat for a bit longer as opposed to high heat for less time because then they burn so quickly. Um yeah, I've learned that the hard way. But I want it now, I want it now. But no, you just let it chill, let it chill. And yeah, I just love it. It's so good. My, my, I have a toddler who's three. They love it yes. too. They just eat it right out of the bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to ask, can I ask you about your kiddo and, and cooking with them? Absolutely. Yeah. Have you started? Have you started? Oh, with- we've, I've been yeah. cooking with Joven probably since they were one and a half. Um, yeah. And so we have a little kitchen uh, stool thing that they get to stand on. Um, and I've been using a uh, a child's Japanese knife so it's very sharp but it's it's a child's one so it's rounded on the edges but I've been teaching them safe knife skills and at this point now they're three in a bit now they literally can like hold a cucumber hold a tomato and use that knife and do slices I'm just like oh this is amazing but we've been doing like um measuring techniques like uh you know getting flour out of a bag and mixing and so Joven has been a huge part of our family cooking since yeah since they were one and I I wouldn't have it any other way like it's such a powerful tool um just to watch them uh grow their independence especially when they've cut a new food they're like look mama I cut it yeah you did (laughs) oh it's so so rewarding it's so rewarding yeah yeah. I I feel like parents are often really you know hesitant to put knives in the hands of children but Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's essential. It's essential. And, and they're, it's amazing how competent they are at such a young, young age. Um, I agree. I totally yeah. agree. And, and I think that it, it's not about like just giving the kid a tool and being like, okay, go for it. Like I, yeah. every single time Joven uses, uses a knife, a sharp knife, like, except for maybe a few times in the last couple of months because they're getting so skilled. But I would say mm-hmm. every single time I am on them like a hawk and I'm not like, helicopter parenting but I'm just right beside them or the first year I would be doing hand over hand you know um, because you have to be like you want them to grow those skills and not hurt themselves so you really do have to be like it's like putting the investment in now so then in a few years they'll be doing it independently yeah um so lots of guidance but oh it's just so much fun it's really thrilling. Uh, people will probably ask, uh, is there a knife? You said you you have a Japanese style. Is that something? Where did you buy yours? Because I just got mine for the kids off Amazon. Oh, amazing. There's- yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I'm, I think Amazon has obviously everything under the sun. But we've got a, a shop 
Um, and you've got one, I think, where you are as well. But um, uh, I just go to knifeware. So oh, when I, yeah, when I started my cooking journey, um, I I made a promise to myself that I would only use like really awesome cooking tools to make it even more fun. And mm-hmm. my first purchase was three uh, handmade Japanese knives. Now we have six in the family and we use them and we get them sharpened regularly. And it just makes it so much more joyful when you're using really, really high quality tools. And you don't even need an expensive knife. You just need a sharp knife, like just get them sharpened once yep. a year. And it makes, yeah, you know. Um, yep. So I got all the knives there. They they do sell the kids ones as well. Um, mm-hmm. This one, actually, my partner brought back from Japan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She, oh, she went there a couple of years ago for a wedding. Um, but but yeah, they sell a similar kind at, at Knifeware. So yeah, yeah, you can get them locally here. Shout out to Knifeware. And and they um, I know, I love are great them. about sharpening. Like you can just bring your knife in to the farmer's mm-hmm. market they are or to their stores and they'll sharpen mm-hmm. on a whetstone properly for you. And it's mm-hmm. amazing when I go into people's houses to cook <clears throat> for them or with them and the knives, they've never, no one has sharpened a knife ever. <laughs> You're like, what's and, happening? you know, we all, we know honing and sharpening yeah. are not the same thing. No, and no, no. The frustration mm. that comes from cooking is often related to body pain from, you know, from using a dull knife or from it's hurting true. themselves with a dull knife. Yeah. So, because a dull yeah. knife doesn't go where you want it to go, but a sharp knife oh. does. That's why they're so much safer, you know? That's right. That's exactly yeah. it. And, you know, I, I I always say, too, like, even if you just go to Value Village, pick up what you can afford. It doesn't matter, you know, to a thrift store, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. it sharpened. And then Absolutely. it's and then it's good, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm, might, might be time to stop in a knifeware, I think. Honestly, I have to sometimes, like, hold myself back every time I drive by there. I'm like, oh, I want another baby's. <laughs> Add to the, do you name your knives? Mine are named. I don't have names. No, that's such a good idea. Mm-hmm. I should yeah, totally my, name them. Mine are named after Viking goddesses. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. It's just nerdy. That's all it is. <laughs> so good. Um, I'm so glad that you're cooking as a family. You know, like that connection right. and, and, and being there with your kiddo when you cook with them because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it can be, it's a fun solo act when you're an adult and you're Zen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. for kiddos, that moment of, you know, knowing that their parent or guardian is right there with them establishes mm-hmm. even greater connection. The food. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. What do you have going on right now in, you know, just um, in your business, in your in your cooking world? What are you doing? Projects, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, actually, I'm filming a um it's a I forget the name of the show but it's a, a show that my friend Krista Couture she's also she's a, a leg amputee and she's talking about um like uh different travel spots across Canada and food and memories and so we're actually cooking together for this show um we're going to make green onion cakes uh gluten-free mm. green onion cakes tomorrow morning so that'll be kind mm. of fun mm-hmm. um love those so much mm-hmm. and what else I've been doing like this is not cooking related, but I've been doing a lot of cosplays by dressing up my stump as different characters. Um, just I love because it. I'm, I'm so yeah, addicted people to love it. Yeah, I watch every one of them. I just because the best part is the look on your face. Oh, <laughs> you're doing them because you're just like it's so cute every time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's so much fun. I just love it. It's like a childhood joy. Um, I have done a couple food food items though. I've I've painted my stump as a um, as a hot dog, as a cucumber, uh, different things like that. So I'll do more of that. Um, and what else? 
Yeah, we we're we're actually expecting um, baby number two in our family yeah. in January, so we're just kind of prepping for that, um, and that that will probably change the way that we cook and eat in the family too. Well, not so much at the beginning because there's a lot of breast milk, but you know mm-hmm. we'll be back in the like, okay, how do you cook for for a six month old? Let's remember. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. So that'll be fun. But, and uh, a toddler. Well, a, sl- and a toddler. Older. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. True. Oh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. You guys excited. must be oh, January coming soon. You'll have to do all kinds of food prep, right? Get stuff in the freezer. That's yeah, yeah exactly. Lots of freezer meals, lots of yeah, things to kind of get us ready to rock and roll. So that's right. Be good. That's Thanks. wonderful. Well, this has just been a delight. And I I I really <laughs> hope that you and I are able to cook together one day. I would love to Oh, we that. will. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> I know we will. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, as, as an Edmontonian, I'm up there all the time. So I'm happy mm-hmm. to come to you. We'll, Perfect. we'll do something. Sure. Thank you for, um, for what you're doing in the community and for, yes, for showing that cooking can be accessible to everyone. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my, it's, it's my pleasure. Uh, we, Google made a lovely video of you and we're, we will link to that, um, on our social media and also put your amazing coconut bacon recipe in the show notes for everybody. Uh, I'm making it this week. It's going to be part of Thanksgiving. Sure. Oh, good. Yay. Thank you, Alexis. It was such a pleasure. My pleasure. Have an awesome one.